Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw. This is episode 26. Um, yeah, we're back after our live stream. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed the live stream. It was uh, lots of fun. Yeah, it was a bit different. We enjoyed it though. I, I hope you guys did as well. We were worried that it was going to be like a stinker of a game. And it, on paper, wasn't like the most exciting one. But luckily, all the games that happened Wednesday night, the night after we did the live stream, were absolute stinkers. Yeah, they were horrific. Maybe apart from the Man United one. Um, yeah, I think we picked well. Just a lack of goals in in every game. I don't know what's going on. One nils, nil nils all over the board. Me. So dry. A bad week for predictions as well, I think. The only um, thing it's good for is if you pick the right team, fantasy-wise, there's clean sheets all over the game. Clean sheet, yeah. Defender season right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're filming this tonight ahead of the Fulham game. And is it the Leeds game? Yeah. Leeds, um, Leicester, Fulham, Villa. Yeah, we're filming it as Arsenal are playing. So Ross is... Uh, Nil-nil at the moment. Yeah. Apparently, Sambi Lukonga was having a bit of a, a game. He's he really? showing up, yeah. <laughs> Saw some positive things about him on I the like Twitter. I like Sambi. Um, but yeah, um, it's been a dead week. I mean, we didn't really discuss the previous game week of football. No. But I think we should start with the topic that is on everyone's lips at the moment, and that's Man United and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So, obviously... it. How long was it before the end of the game? I'd say like five-ish minutes. Yeah, he decides, fuck this, I'm going to walk down the tunnel, go have a shower. It's a problem because he's seen as like the most professional footballer on the planet. He's like 37, still tip-top condition, training like he hasn't won everything, blah, blah, blah. And he's known for his like professionalism. And that just reeks. Yeah, I mean, but reeks. his professionalism is different in a way. Like, James Milner has professionalism. Yeah. James Milner wouldn't walk off down the tunnel five minutes before the end of a game. Um, his, obviously, his his drive and attitude are like, his attitude to be the best is what made him the best in the world at points. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. He's He's been a bit of a maverick at other clubs. Like, there, there were times at Real Madrid where he wasn't, like, showing the Ronaldo that he was there were issues um, Juventus as well you know like he's, he's not been a quiet player um, I don't think you can be a quiet player when you're Cristiano Ronaldo he's yeah, like, yeah, he's I, always going to be in the limelight isn't he 100% um, but yeah it doesn't really show him in a good light I've seen some people saying the way they treated him is disgusting uh, you, you see Piers Morgan come out and back him and I was like Piers Morgan mate. shouldn't have a football opinion because he he's doesn't know anything about football does an he absolute clown he, he, he's Loud when Arsenal win, and then he's like, he just is. doesn't he say is anything. The for definition the rest of, the time. of a couch pundit. Um, so are we. But yeah, I don't know. It is a weird one because obviously he is a great player, but is he good enough anymore? That's a real question. No, I said this before the game. It's like Man United have been in a sticky situation since they got Ronaldo because statistically, and it, like I think at first it was an opinion. Like, are they better with him? Are they better without him? And there wasn't enough of like a pool of stats to figure out either way. But now it is definitely factually correct to say May United play so much better without him. The pressing's better. The passages of play, the link up between the front three. It allows you to get more relaxed players like Bruno and Ericsson in your team, even though Ericsson didn't play last night because the pressing is good. But yeah, it's they've been in a tricky situation because... When they're paying Ronaldo, let's say, 600 bags a week and the club is run by bankers, pretty much, that want to sell Ronaldo merch, blah, blah, blah. Him not playing is a problem for them. Yeah, I mean, I think 
as well, you, you look at United, they had an abundance of chances last night um, against Amira so as well many. in the, in the um, what was it? The Champions League. Oh, yeah. Was it Champions League? Uh, no, the I'm Europa League against Europa League, Sorry. Um, oh, my mic's going to fall. It's been a long day. Yeah, is your mic having a bit of an issue right now? All right, hold on. Let's put, <laughs> we'll be back in a second. Don't worry, guys. Back. We've recovered the mic. Yeah, Don't the worry, guys. Up lives on. Um, um, but yeah, you're saying you're paying him 600 bags a week. You want to sell the merch and stuff. United created a absolute abundance of chance against Spurs. Um, yeah. And they, they've had games where they have really created a lot of chances. Um, they won the other night in the 94th minute winner by Scott McTominay after creating like 20 shots on target yeah. or something crazy. Um, they are lacking that person to put the ball in the net. And is there anyone in the world who's better than, at doing that than Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, um, it's such a tricky kind of pros and cons. I saw it was Thierry Henry called out Marcus Rashford last night about he had that opportunity where he opened the goal up for himself. But instead of trying to like just side foot into the back of the net, he's, he's taken like a wild swing at it. Rashford is so polarizing because he he like is so good, but I don't know. He just needs to his end product. I swear was never this bad, but now it's like so poor. And he has so many one on ones last night that, and Lloris isn't a good goalkeeper, but he made Lloris look like a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he tweeted out from the border account as soon as the game started that Lloris is uh, he's he a howl away. I've said it since day one. Bang average goalkeeper. Their defence is bang average. Midfield forward, and I don't even rate midfield, they're good. Son, Kane, Kulusevski, Richardson, good players. Hoiberg on his day. I'm not sold on Ben Tancor, but then defensively and their goalkeeper, shite. Do you think, because uh, they lined up the other week with a, like a 3-5-2, mm. with um, like uh, the three in the middle and then, yeah. They did that this game. Yeah, and it looked better. I I don't know what how United set up like, which sort of stopped Spurs being able to provide those passages of play on the counter. But this sort of we say it time and time again: this pragmatic football, it's not appealing. So dry, and it only works when the teams play into you. Um, and United played into them, but they outplayed them. They outplayed in every department. Lissandro Martinez pocketed Harry Kane. Son was bang average. The midfield two, well, midfield three for Spurs got outdone by Casemiro, Fred, and Bruno Fernandez. I don't rate Bruno Fernandez that highly. I think he goes missing in a lot of games, but he had a worldy this game. Got man of the match, I think. Um, he was running the midfield, and you think it'd be pretty easy for someone like Basuma to just sit on Bruno Fernandez, mark him out of the game. He struggled. Bruno Fernandez was running it. It was crazy. Yeah. Um. I was disappointed as well. I had a Harry Kane captain. I was expecting him to get a couple. He usually does quite well against United. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Conte's come out and he said that not, we shouldn't consider Spurs title challenges. Mm. Um, and up until before this game, they were, weren't were far behind the top of the table. Yeah, I think they were four points behind. Four points, yeah. So Might be more. Right? Um, obviously, Arsenal and City both have a game in hand now because they haven't played this midweek. Um, but... I understand. I understand the mentality of it, but the title the title race this season is far more open than it's been a lot of seasons. Like obviously Liverpool aren't playing the way that we've seen them play for the previous seasons. Arsenal have shown that you can stick with the likes of City and even you know lead the lead the race to write yourself out of the title race. Does it? Is he trying to ease the pressure on his team 
on his players or is he trying to be like sort of do the opposite a bit of reverse psychology it's like I'm going to write us out the title race so you guys proved to me that we should actually be in it yeah I think you get two kinds of managers don't you you get managers that stick by the players and take all the heat like you saw in Arteta in the all or nothing when Arsenal on that super shit run of form and he was like I will take all the media hate for you you don't need to stress just do your thing I'm here to protect you guys or you get managers like Jose Mourinho like Antonio Conte that will call out the players and be like so Conte came out and said, we struggle in the big games. We, like, we've been rubbish against Chelsea. We've been rubbish against Arsenal. We've been rubbish against Man United. So I think he is the kind of manager that if stuff isn't going well, he won't shy away from digging out his team. Do you think with this approach to football and like getting results when they haven't been their best, but always sort of managing to get points on the board and sticking there and there about, do you think this approach to them, him saying we're not a part of the title race, we shouldn't be considered. Do you reckon that's a sneaky way of him just trying to go like under undercover? Maybe yeah. Sneak, sneak his way there, like don't be considered part of it until you're right at the end and maybe you can uh, give it a go. I don't think he has the kind of quietness to do that. People like them getting Champions League last year and then recruiting the likes of Richardson, um, fucking Perisic. Perisic. People were saying they had the best window out of every team and then people were putting them for... I don't know, finishing second, third, some weirdos had them to win the league. So I don't think any kind of Conte silence or hiding the fact that they're playing shit is going to let them go under the radar. I think they're in a bad run of form and people, their eyes eyes are on them at the moment. So Arsenal, look at the league in a sort of a broader uh, aspect here. Arsenal and uh, City look like the two teams to beat at the minute. Um, and then you see like a pretty drop, like a pretty fat drop in standard. Yeah, the drop is from, pretty big, from isn't it? second to third, where mm. you've got the likes of Spurs, maybe Chelsea, uh, United, Newcastle, and Newcastle, and Liverpool as well. Yeah, like that third place is it could go to like eight different teams at the minute. Yeah, because 100%. we'll move on to them in a minute. But Chelsea aren't looking like half the team they were under Tuchel uh, under the reigns of Graham Potter now. They look like they're very much struggling to get going and get out of first gear. Um, Liverpool, we've seen when they want to, they can obliterate teams. Yeah. Um, and they've done, well, they didn't obliterate City, but they played their game to a T. Um, and they managed to come out uh, last night as 1-0 victors over West Ham in a game that they probably should have lost, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. I, I watched like the first 45 minutes until the Man United Spurs game came on. And... They started well, Liverpool. They started well. Darwin Nunez, he's such a polarising player because, like, one game, like, his cameo against City was possibly the worst cameo I've ever seen from a football player ever. And then the way he started against West Ham, they've got a solid defensive unit. Craig Dawson, Kurt Zuma. They're not, like... Protected by Declan Rice. They're not centre-backs that... Uh, like get a, turned over exactly you've got to be about yourself and he was like within the first minute 10 minutes he'd like scored hit the post made Fabianski do a worldy save and he was on crud that game but then as soon as they got the goal Liverpool all West Ham Jared Bowen missed the penalty loads of chances and yeah I don't know it's a weird one for Liverpool at the moment because they I think the problems are worse than we think they are and the City game, I think, is just papering over cracks. Yeah, I, I think it's easy that. to turn up. Well, not easy, but like 
if you're Liverpool and you've been known to compete with City for like five seasons now, every Liverpool player, no matter what form they're on or kind of how they're feeling about themselves, will turn up for this game because they're now your pretty much your arch rivals. And so form goes out the window and they got the win, which is good. But it's what they do afterwards. And fair enough, they got the one they win against West Ham. You move on to the next one. But in my opinion, there's still problems there. Oh, 100% there's still problems. I mean, you saw them batter Bournemouth 9-0 and then they went on a terrible run. We've seen them beat Rangers. Um, what was it? 9-1? 7-1. 7-1, yeah. Like, and then suddenly it comes to the Premier League and they're not able to put it past teams of like actual quality. They need Obviously, more goals Rangers from Salah. and Bournemouth have some quality, but you know, I think they look best when Salah was playing as that number nine. Yeah, it's but how hard. do you sign a player like Darwin Nunez for that amount of money? Not playing, and then literally just put your thirty-three-year-old Egyptian winger yeah. through the middle. Yeah, and like they don't have an abundance of options out wide on the right. Um, they're looking at the likes of like obviously with the injuries to Jota and Luis Diaz, you have got Carvalho. And Harvey Elliott. Yeah, they're both good players, but for a team that wants to be competing at the top of the league, they're not there yet. They might be in like five years, but not right now. I've seen some very interesting, very rogue shouts to play Trent. Yeah, well, not, apparently not, not even in a right mid, a cameo. but in a right winger role. Well, is that where he came on against City for his five-minute cameo? I, I think it was like a right midfielder because mm. they had that sort of like four-four-two weird, like yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. Maybe that's something you can use, use to help like boost the player's confidence. If he can play further at the pitch and not to worry about the defensive side so much, you won't get that sort of slander against him. And not to say it's unwarranted because he has been poor defensively. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting approach to it. Um, obviously, they've got Calvin Ramsey as well, who's looking ready to go. So that could be an interesting little uh, development. But yeah, Trent started last night, didn't he? Um, yeah. I think for some teams, the World Cup can't come soon enough. And for other teams, it's like fucking the World Cup is the worst nightmare. Like Arsenal, all momentum at the moment. And the last thing you need is players going away. Potential get, injuries. Getting injured, yep. losing momentum, blah, blah, blah. But then there's teams like Liverpool riddled with injuries. Teams like Chelsea gives Potter time for the players that aren't going on the World Cup to learn a bit more about Potter's style. So it's like one of those. It's like either fucking get the World Cup started or nah, it's long. Yeah, I mean, we could be looking back at the end of the season at this uh, World Cup break and thinking that derailed Arsenal's chances. Yeah, big time. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're going to have like almost all their starting eleven playing yeah. for their for their home nations. But City, you've got the likes of Haaland, who's going to be staying back. He's going to be fit and ready to go. But, well, yeah, Haaland's going to be a problem. You know, against potential players who've played 90 minutes in and out for their country against tired legs. You know what I mean? Harley could be... In a, Qatar as well. I mean, like, is it roast in there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're going to come back from like being in an oven to mm. being into a, fr- like freezing, a freezer. Yeah, yeah it's going to be mental. Um, and it's there's not, a, there's not like a break from the end of the World Cup. I know, obviously, not all the players are going to make it through to the knockout stages and to the final, but it'll still take it out of you. If you play, yeah, an, extra two, if you play an extra four or six games or something... It's still miles in their legs, isn't it? and it, it will come back to hit you at the like the last stages of the season. Uh, you see it with players like uh, going to Afghan. Look what it's done to Salah. Yeah, Salah hasn't been the same man. He looks really good against City, though. I can't get over that performance. I think he was electric. Why was he so dry against West Ham? I captained him. Yeah, yeah. You got him back in this, didn't you, this week. 
Yeah, Mo Salah not um, not repaying the faith. No, not repaying it. No, no bounties from Salah this weekend. It was midweek. It's weird having midweek fixtures. It is. I liked it being on Amazon Prime, though. Yeah, uh, shout out Prime, you know. It's decent. Prime coverage was actually so good. Yeah, it's really... decent. They haven't got annoying commentators as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And the fact you can flick through all the games and like it's no hassle. It's yeah, it's calm. good. I hope they get um, more football. I hope they get all the rights and I don't have to worry about paying for Sky or nothing. Yeah, fuck them, man. They're literally, I'll just be able to but use my Prime. If you want to get us on. <laughs> shout out. Um, yeah, I mean, do you know what? Overall, this midweek has been very, very dry. Dry. Um, should we talk about Chelsea and uh, Brentford for a little bit? Yeah. Graham Potter has not dazzled since uh, his arrival at Chelsea. He hasn't. He hasn't enchanted. He hasn't put his cast a spell. Avada Kedavra. Yeah, man, he's killing the vibes. Nah, big time. I've... So we kind of, when we did our predictions for the Brentford game, we had like, the Premier League form, which was pretty average, and the Champions League form battered AC Milan twice. And so it was kind of hard to gauge where Chelsea were at under Potter. And if anything, the Brentford game has made it so much harder. A nil-nil draw away. Arguably Brentford with a better team. I don't know what the problem is at Chelsea. I- if you're a Chelsea fan, obviously they sacked Tuchel sort of it wasn't out of the blue because there was rumours but it w- it did seem a bit unfair because he wasn't actually performing that bad like, the performances weren't there but there is always times where clubs stagnate and like they'll go on four or five games where they don't look their best they mm. didn't give Tuchel the time to rectify it um, but I'm going to put it to you if Chelsea finish this season and they go on and they win the Champions League but finish sixth in, in the Premier League is that a successful season for them? Fucking another Champions League. Do you know what I mean? I'd, I'd take that in a heartbeat. Because they look on fire in the Champions League. They're, they're a completely different unit. Yeah. I what? mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, so you get back into the Champions League anyway. So I'd say, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I'd take that. There is, there's probably been a point in the last few seasons when they've watched, when teams have watched Liverpool and City break 100 points, be hit 90 points season after yeah. season. Um, where a lot of teams have probably gone, there's no point trying to compete <laughs> for that. Me, how do we catch that. We'll yeah. compete for third and fourth and then play our attentions elsewhere. Hmm. But then obviously Liverpool and City have done really well in the Champions League as well. They're just, they were unstoppable. Um, we spoke about this with Spurs. Like, the Premier League is there for the taking this season. I'm not just saying that because Arsenal are leading it. Come but, on. you know, it's, it, there, it is an open race at the minute. Um, Liverpool wins, um, what now, like still 14 points behind? Yeah. Or it might be 11 after last night. But um, you win three on the bounce, you know, and Arsenal, you know, get a couple of draws. Still his early doors in the season. Um, So, yeah, it's interesting. Talking about Potter and um, Chelsea's play style a bit more, I don't really see the same similarities in the passages of play that he was playing at Brighton in this Chelsea team. I know he's got different assets to utilise in, mm. in how he wants... Like He's got players like Raheem Sterling, um, who else have we got? Um, like Mason Mount, who, although you could see them slotting into his Brighton team, he hasn't got that sort of like core through, uh, through the middle build-up play that you know that they were known for. Yeah. Um, obviously, Chelsea, we talk, spoke about them after the, uh, the transfer window. They're lacking that sort of like midfield playmaker. Yeah, I think 
Potter, I think he likes playing out from the back. That's what he kind of had with Brighton. He had Lewis Dunk, um, Adam Webster, Veltman, three pretty capable centre-backs for playing out from the back. And Chelsea have fucking abundance of centre-backs, but maybe he just hasn't got them clicking yet because he's just trying to figure out who who's going to be his starting centre-backs. I like that he's brought Kepa back into the team. He had an absolute, like probably the best Blinder. goalkeeper performance of the season against yeah. Aston Villa. He was Blinder. He was unbelievable. He was great against Brentford as well. Yeah. Um making five saves. But the problem is how can Chelsea on paper they look at a uh, double games of Aston Villa and Brentford. That's six points. That should be six points, yeah. That's six points. And yeah. It, I know they got lucky against Villa. Yeah, Mason had a, a decent, like a very good performance. But like they were second, and it's almost like the Spurs situation where they're the worst team pretty much every game in the Prem at the moment. And how how do you go against Aston Villa, yeah, and make them look like like a top prime four Barca, team? Yeah, it's crazy. Genuinely, Aston Villa are, are, like might play some of the like maybe the worst football in the Premier League. At the yeah, hundred percent. In my and opinion, worst football. Your league. Chelsea football club. You've gone to spend however much money in that transfer window, um, brought in the likes of Obama, Yang, Sterling, Koulibaly, um, and you can't make it click. It's it's what is worrying because obviously they bought in Potter because it was his uh, his like, aptitude to projects, but at the rate this is going, he won't he won't make it to the end of the year. He won't make it till Christmas. Yeah, I think the problem with Chelsea was that the transfer window didn't come in line with recruiting Potter. So they signed hella players on big money. I can imagine Sterling's on racks. They bought in Aubameyang Aubameyang again. His racks. video was literally like, Koulibaly on children. racks. And then they got rid of Tuchel, brought in Potter for this project, but he hasn't had the opportunity to sign the players he wants. He probably would have nabbed a couple of men from Brighton. And so like, there's no kind of synergy between what Todd Bowley had in mind and that's got, it goes back to when we did the podcast about the Tuchel sacking and if this was the plan why didn't you get it done prior to the transfer window and allow Potter a window with his money because now effectively effectively all you've done is bloat your team bloat your team set Potter back like six months because he's, he's probably going to be working money. with a team that he's thinking like let's say fifty percent well, of you comes, aren't going to be able to spend money. Fifty percent of you aren't going to be my players anyway because I don't like how you fit into my system. So like the I can imagine the likes of a Bamyang, not really a Potter player, or I don't know X Y Z. And so you've set him back six months. He'll get to January. He's not only got to recruit the players he wants. He's got to get rid of the players he doesn't want. And you could have done that all in the summer. It just all seems a bit. It's backwards. backwards. Yeah, it's but like, a bit like stupid. Before we opinion. wrap up this segment, do you think this is now a true test of Potter's pedigree as a manager? That was hard to get out. Potter's pedigree. Yeah. Um, because he's gone to, from a system at Brighton where he's sort of had the perfect clean slate. He's been able to mould it into it. He's had the time. He's had the ability to bring in players. Obviously, Brighton's uh, recruitment has been fantastic. And you've seen the likes of bigger clubs like Spurs and Chelsea come in and take players like Basuma, Kukurea, um, Ben White as well. Um, so, like, you know, is this a true test of his pedigree as a manager to be able to go into a situation where it's not ideal? He hasn't got the players exactly that he wants, but he needs to now make a system that suits these players. Yeah. And 
can propel Chelsea Football Club into, you know, the likes of contending with, uh, well, Arsenal and City at the minute. Yeah, uh, that, that there's such, there's definitely an argument that he could be out of his depth. Like, he's never had a job like this in his life. He's come into arguably the most ruthless club in the world. The most decorated Premier League team in the last 10 years. Obviously, they're under new ownership, so I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when Bowley was kind of selling his project to Potter. And obviously, Potter's probably looked in at the Chelsea project and been like, fuck me, this manager's been sacked for winning the Champions League. Di Matteo, this manager's been sacked for winning the Champions League. Thomas Tuchel, what if I don't win anything? How quickly will I get sacked? You've got to win two Champions Leagues per season. Exactly. So he's probably... I want to know what Todd Bowley said as like a remit for this season especially with the fuck transfer window that we were just talking about. Like, I want to know if Todd, like, say Potter finishes, like you said, sixth and wins nothing. Is Todd going to chop his head off? Got a little know. little question for you and the audience, uh, just to mull over before we end the segment. Um, have Chelsea, are Chelsea a better team now than they were under Frank Lampard before he got sacked? Yes or no? As in, like, playing or as in squad-wise? Yeah. Just overall. Okay. <coughs> my answer is yes by the way I think so as well improvement the, baby the squad's right. worse the playing style's better ooh interesting let us know down below um, we're going to take a little break and we'll be back in a minute bash right well this was a dead game week um, so we're going to talk about the game that we watched the other night because it was with the game. most goals, yeah. It was good though. I, I enjoyed it. It was an interesting battle and I was very impressed with how dominant Palace were for large parts I of the game. I think both teams did look good. Both teams had... So it wasn't like a United Spurs where one team was categorically shite and the other team just peppered them. It was an end-to-end game. Wolves looked decent. For a team that can't score a goal to save their lives, a team that's managerless, they looked pretty decent. And Crystal Palace, for a team that's had like a pretty rough start to the season fixture-wise, and, like, not getting the results where they, they should yeah, have they been should getting. Be, yeah. It was a, yeah, it was a good game for two teams that are probably seen as a bit of out of form, but, yeah, it was a good I game. thought um, Michael Elise was a bit of a polarising figure that night. He There were points where he was very good, and but he looked like a player who needs games to build that confidence because he's definitely got the talent. Yeah, I think I was on record saying that he was the worst player on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, but there, there were glimpses, though, and... Yeah. With a player like that, you just got to get those glimpses to become flashes. And then from flashes, they got to be highlights. And then, you know, eventually he's taken on every man and he's he's taken on players because he's got that confidence. Yeah, he strikes he hasn't, a confidence. He player. hasn't had that long stretch in the team yet. Yeah. Um, and he's probably at fault for the, the cross that Bueno puts in. Shout out to Kinder. Um, he because, was a player, man. Yeah, that was, he should have been there tracking back. And I saw someone tweet... That if I had been on the pitch, he would have seen that happening beforehand. But that's experience, you know. Yeah. Um, but he does put a lovely ball in for the Eze goal. Uh, it's a well-taken finish from Eze. Um, Palace were the better team. They did deserve the result yeah, on the night. Yeah. Um, I think they showed really good passages of football. I think the second goal they scored is an absolutely wonderful pass from Eze. Um, uh, and Edouard makes that one that run really far out to the, uh, yeah. the left wing. And then uh, it's a beautiful bit of... Uh, skill and then a great a great pass from him to reach Zaha I mean Kilman is it Kilman or Collins who Kilman. stretches and misses it yeah Kilman I mean it's one of those things that happened but Zaha's in the right place right time cool as can Zaha be Zaha had a really good game he started off he got 
clarted first minute by Nelson Semedo. We thought that was going to be spicy. And I thought yeah. he was going to be sent off by like a quarter of an hour in, but kept his cool. He doesn't do that that much anymore. He used to, back in the day, lose his call yeah. and get sent he's, off. Uh, maybe again, he's scared of doing it? that in front of Patrick Vieira because Patrick Vieira fucking Yeah, but him. I mean, it, it's but probably yeah, experience it, as well. Yeah, he's he, captain now? He's captain now, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think Milivojevic or, is club maybe captain. Like, like, yeah, like maybe captain. him or like Anderson. Or, oh no, Gay. Gay's captain. Oh, is he? I think Mark Gay might be captain. God, imagine Zaha getting... But yeah, anyway. but like, I'm, I'm also on the mindset of like, I want my def- captain to be either a deep midfielder or a, or a, or a yeah. defender, someone who can see the pitch. Yeah. Whereas if you're a striker, like you're oh, sort yeah, of mainly focused on playing off the shoulder. You're watching yeah. the defenders half the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. But, no, um, but good game. Palace, like you said, deserve to win. Are Palace I've, a um, potential outsider for like maybe European? I think so. I think they've got more than enough about them. I, I think. I think the discussion would be like, Newcastle Palace or I don't know I think what, like um, maybe Brighton or maybe Elise, United, like that. <laughs> I've seen when I've seen Elise playing he's he's better out on the left mm. because he can drive it into like the touchline he loves hugging that touchline um he looked he looked a bit a little bit lost out on that right wing especially I mean he's got um what's the Donny's name Joel Oh, Joel Ward. Joel Ward, yeah. Right. Yeah, he probably dragged him down, to I mean, be fair. That's, uh, yeah, it's not the most feeling of confidence having Joel Ward behind you. I mean, like, the guy's never done anything wrong to me, but we just hated on him. <laughs> we were on his yeah. neck that game. Um, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, at least it will be a better player when we see him out on the left a bit more. But that's sort of Zaha's position. So, But we said during the game... We love to see Zaha um, play through the middle. Yeah. I think he's so dangerous for him because his link-up play is brilliant. There's a lot of people talking about him now because his contract ends. Uh, he runs out of contract at the end of the season. Do you think he's missed his big opportunity for like a big move now already though? I don't know. How old is he? He's 29, 30. No, I reckon he's got a big move in him. If he's happy to do like a, I don't know, like a two-year-o with one year added on. Roma's been a, a big shout. Jordan yeah. Has been I, a big I, fan. I could see him staying in the Prem, but I don't know what, Top six team would have but him. Would he get in? Would he get in? He's not going to get into a city side. Not probably a city. Get, he'd probably get into a Liverpool side right now. But would he, is he better than Luis Diaz? No, but like squad player. Chelsea go out. Yeah, but would he want to go? Chelsea, the, they're interested. Bro, he's just got stars on his neck, man. He's a star man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Chelsea, he's he, he sort of done Chelsea. what Jack Grealish didn't do. He stayed with the club that sort of made him. Yeah. And now he's reaping the rewards from it. He's obviously they're going to be the highest earner. Uh, they'll probably pay him like a fat loyalty bonus and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe for him, see your limitation maybe and, and go down as a legend, like maybe Palace's best ever player. Yeah, I back know? it. Um, but yeah, and I thought Eze was excellent that night. I thought he was phenomenal in the role that he was put on the pitch to do. I think defensively he's lacking in that eight role. Um, and I would like to see him played more as a 10 more centrally, further up the pitch and sort of relieve him of that defensive um, yeah, capability. Yeah. But we've seen what he can do in tight spaces, like in his own half. He, he's dribbling out of uh, trouble and he's like drawing fouls and relieving pressure on the defence quite a lot, which is interesting yeah. to see. I'd love to see him in the England team. I think I've seen uh, rumours that he's in Gareth Southgate's 55-man yeah, squad. Yeah, I saw Gareth has apparently made a 55-man squad. What clown? Fucking 55 men. 
Are yeah. you joking me? I there is not fifty five good English players on this. Uh, yeah, honestly, the Premier League. You must have picked some rogue dons. My man's my man's scouring League One. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I I think he would do a very good job for England. He brings something different that a lot like we don't really have. Um, he's not necessarily a better player than the likes of like Madison or um, I wonder if Madison's Ka- in the Calvin Phillips, well. things like uh, Mason Mount. I'm not saying he's better, but he does a different job. Yeah. Um. So it's it's you know you're adding another bow, another string to your bow. Yeah, another, another dimension. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I think maybe it might be a bit too much to throw him straight into a World Cup tournament though. Yeah. But then again, like he's what now 22, I think, 23. So. Fucking get him yeah, in there. Yeah, get him in there, mate. Just fucking get him in there. Yeah. Um no, talk I like about Yeah, we'll talk about Wolves. My problem with Wolves and kind of a similar problem with Palace, but probably doesn't we wouldn't say it because they won the game. Both of them just need strikers that can score goals. I know that's like the hardest job in football and all that jazz. But both teams, they create enough chances. They've got enough decent technicians in and around the pitch. They look really good when uh, they feed chances. Gwedis, but they need someone yeah. to put it in. Guedes came on, they looked very dangerous around that right-hand side. He, he made a couple of really nice cutbacks in the box. Matinho as well was quite influential when he came on. He was really yeah. dictating the game. And 100%. So that last, spit, um, that last spell that Wolves had, uh, he was sort of the maestro behind it. Yeah. Um, Just someone that can get 10 goals, not even asking for much. 10 goals a season for both those teams. And I, th- I think that gives them a couple of spaces. I mean, if you're Wolves though, you, quite, you quite, might look back at that game and think you're a bit unlucky there because... They've obviously scored a really good goal um, from that Bueno cross. And then um, Neves has hit the um, post from a, a phenomenal free kick. Yeah. And then Gaye almost conceded a penalty in like the dying minutes. So, I mean, they could have potentially scored three goals that game. Yeah, no, I back it. Wolves, they've always been quite good at creating chances. But just since Jimenez and his head injury, they just have no one to put them in. Yeah. Same with Brighton, same with Palace. Quite a lot of teams in the Prem at the moment. That yeah, it's not the build-up play because obviously the systems are there, but yeah, it's not working out. Um, speaking of systems, we'll talk about Wolves' manager situation. So they're currently managerless. And they will remain that way. And they went sniffing around my guy's QPR. Mickey Beal said, fuck Kanye, I ain't going to fix Wolves. <laughs> right? Let's go. That's who they're getting in. Get Kanye in, he'll fix you. Um, and he's on crud at the moment. Maybe he's the guy. But yeah, they came sniffing around QPR. Um, Did you shit the bed when he was named as their first choice? Yeah, so they they went um, for Lopetegui, didn't they? They uh, were linked with quite a lot of man. They linked with um, Sobos or someone, the Leon, uh, ex-Leon manager. Yeah, Bosch. Yeah, and um, then they came sniffing around QPR and... Mickey Beal, if you're not aware of who he was, so he's he worked on the likes of uh, Klopp and Chalotti. He was Gerard's um, secondary in at Rangers when they went on that unbeaten season, and um, when they went far in the Europa League, uh, he was taken to Villa with Gerard. They did all right. Um, since that, then he was we obviously sat Mark Warburton, who's now assistant manager at West Ham. Um, well, we didn't renew his contract, and. Um, yeah, so we, we managed to get Mickey Beal from Villa. Um, a lot of Villa fans were devastated he left because he has been said to be the tactical onus behind the success of Gerard. Gerard is the man-manager, but Gerard will go to him and say, right, this is how I want us to play. 
um, this is like the transitions or like the passages I want to make happen in these areas of the pitch. You design the drills, you design the the, um, the training sessions that allow us to play that way and you pick the personnel who's going to get us playing that way on the pitch. So he was the, very much the brains behind the operation. Um, he's had a really interesting football background. He um, went to Brazil? Yeah, he went to Brazil and um, um, learned with Sao Paulo. So he learned like a, the Brazilian understanding of the game and it's very much different, obviously, to how us in England and people uh, people in France, Germany, Spain all see the game. Everyone sees it differently. Um, so it's really interesting that he's got to go out there experience. And a lot of the players that he's brought in at QPR are players that he's seen play in youth tournaments. So uh, Kenneth Power, left back, who scored last night, um, he's been in, like incredible. The difference between having him and uh, Ethan Laird, who's on loan from United, as our wing backs, um, compared to when we had like uh, Ozzy Kakai or Todd Kane or uh, like Lee Wallace um, playing left back, it's night and day. We have an extra dimension to our play now. Mm-hmm. Ethan Laird is is incredible. He's he, I, May United will be kicking themselves right now that they've let him out on loan because he would be in their first team. He's oh. absolutely incredible. Um, Kenneth Powell, he watched Kenneth play in an under-21s tournament uh, in Netherlands like years and years ago when he first started his management. Um, it was under 20, I think it was under-13s maybe. Um, and then he came to QPR and Kenneth was playing out in uh, Holland and he said, right, this is the first player I want. And uh, he went out to Holland and he spoke to Kenneth's mum was like, I saw, um, they, assumed they remembered each other and stuff. Nice. And like, so he's bringing in players that he knows. He's brought in Jake Clark Sorter who worked for, who, who worked with uh, at Chelsea. He worked with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in um, his development uh, when he was working under Klopp in, in the Liverpool Academy. Um, he's worked with big names and, and brilliant managers, Ancelotti. Mm. Um, so he's sort of, he has been touted as like a football genius. Like he lives and breathes it in a way that not many people do. Yeah. Um, and it's shown through this this season with QPR. Um, he's coming to a massive job. Like we don't have money to spend. Yeah. So you gave him his first managerial role, didn't you, at QPR? So it's not even kind of like you take it. It's you taking a risk on him and him taking a risk on you. And so it's very Graham, um, sorry, Steve Cooper esque because he was obviously taken from the uh, the international setup mm. um, where he hasn't had a managerial role, and then suddenly now he's been thrust into that that Forest team uh, and uh, Swansea team. Um, but yeah, no, we've taken a leap on him, and we're top of the table, we're playing absolutely amazing football. And obviously, there are games where it doesn't go for us. We got beaten two 0 by three uh, one by Luton the other night, um, and it didn't work. But He's a he's a young manager, and you can see there's something there. And there, there were games where we've been watching, and it's, it's not quite ticking. And he'll make a couple of substitutions, and it will work. And then suddenly we blow them away. Mm. And like he is, he is he, he, no doubt in my mind, he is a fantastic manager. So when Wolves came sniffing, I was very very worried. Yeah, he um, was named their first their favorite on the list. Sky suspended betting on him. QPR Twitter had a meltdown. <laughs> I've seen people QPR Twitter calling him wart face, shit like that. Oh, no. And it's like, he's not even gone yet. No, it's embarrassing. Well. It's he's embarrassing. Dig up those because receipts. this man is providing some of the best football yeah. within 14 games that we've seen in like 10 years at QPR. He speaks so well of everyone. He's well spoken. Yeah, he came out today when we're filming this, which is Thursday. And um, kind of just address the situation, which is what you want. Just after him turning down the opportunity, it wasn't even the like 
the role. It was just the opportunity to speak to Wolves. He turned that down. And so, um, yeah, he came out and spoke really well about how he's invested in the project. Like I was saying, QPR it, took a risk on him. One of his words so was... So he uh, owes them like a debt of gratitude. He and, said... How can I tell players to buy into a project? How and when I'm the first, well, like I'm I could the first, be the first one to, to jump yeah. ship, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And obviously the ship he's talking about is HMS pissed the league. Yeah, come on. But, um, and so we were bantering about this before we started recording. Say he did go to Wolves, takes him. Say by January he settled in. Six months, he either saves them, and they get maybe a mid-table finish, mid-table-ish, or he goes down. Why not just stick out that time with QPR? And potentially take your team up to the Prem. Happy if he, days. If he is as good as he is, then there, there will be other opportunities. You don't need to take the first yeah, 100%, 100%. opportunity that comes its way. And to turn down a Premier League um, team, obviously they're going to be able to offer you way more money. You're going to have a lot more freedom financially to spend in the transfer window. But um, it, it will come for him again. He will, in no doubt in my mind, he is going to be a top, top manager in years to come. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a English manager, which is even more sort of sought after in this day and age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's got us playing amazing football. I was very, very worried when the news came out. Because last night, um, obviously we played for, uh, Cardiff, smashed them 3-0. Great, great performance. Um, then he come out after the game and he didn't really say much about it. He was like, I just want to focus on the game. Mm. Um, then he's come out today the QPR media team are giving them the platform to address what's happened and he's handled it perfectly. Yeah. QPR Twitter had a meltdown and then it had a re-up and like it's been a bit all over the place. I saw, I literally, you tweet, you sent me a message and you tweeted on the border account and I was like at work and I, I, just, I was running around I was screaming. <laughs> People were like, would you rather lose Willock or Beal? Willock every day. I'd rather lose Willock any day. Yeah, it's Beale. like one man versus pretty much the club's identity. It's like, yeah, and, or current identity, but yeah, I I can't be can't even state my level of happiness that he's sticking with us. Yeah, no, it's exciting. And I, I like hope it. Now, yeah, this means that the board will go to back him in January because we're now 15 games into the season, we're top of the league, right? In a, in a league which has the likes of um, Norwich, Watford, uh, West Brom, Burnley, uh, who else we got up there? Sheffield United. Like, we've got some big players in that league and little old QPR are currently leading it. Um, you know what this reminds me of? Well, not even reminds me of because it's currently happening. Arsenal. Potentially. Took a leap of faith. Arteta, his first role in management. Mickey Bill, first role in management. Little old Arsenal competing with the likes of Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. And we're both top of the league. Tottenham. Come on! Yeah, nice. The boys are happy. It's exciting times to be yeah, a QPR no, fan. Um, but it, it did sort of make me think a lot about the disparity and the gap between the Premier League and the Championship. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's kind of, it's, it can be disheartening at times to be a Championship fan because you you develop these players, with like, look at the likes of Eze um, and uh, you develop managers and suddenly these Premier League teams who aren't doing quite so well or whatever, they can literally just in an instant yeah. snap it up and your entire project in is set back years yeah, it's, um, it, it could be any dimension of it. They can snap up your manager. They could snap up your best current player. They could snap up the, your, your head your, of recruitment. Your head of recruitment. You could have like two or three in your I know, under 18s or under 16s that are good. They could come in, sweep those up. So yeah, it's a scary situation where 
the big six can just snipe. Not the big six. It's, it's, yeah, pretty it's much the, the entire it's the Prem. Top 20 in the Premier League. And then the big six do it to like the lower yeah, half of the exactly. Prem. So it's I mean, crazy. You look, at, you look at Graham Potter got snapped up from Swansea by Brighton. Yeah. And then he's been snapped up now from Brighton by Chelsea. Yeah, that's what they say. There's always a bigger fish. But, and it does make it disheartening to be a championship fan, but it is all part and parcel of the brutality of football. Um, but yeah, no, it is, it is, yeah, it is all part of football. And that's, but that is why it makes it harder as well for teams like QPR, who haven't been in the Premier League for, you know, coming on nearly a decade now. Um, and how are you meant to compete even with the likes of Watford, West Brom, mm. or, uh, Burnley, all these men who are getting parachute payments, you know, who spend... Watford getting slapped up at the moment, though. Who could so. spend this money, but then yeah. they hire the likes of someone like Slavin Bilic, right? Who's a manager with pedigree, right? I know he's not maybe found the success that he had earlier on in his career, but they're still big name managers. Um, and then how are you meant to compete with the likes of that when they yeah. could even come in as snake manager? Yeah, you know, you've got to play the kind of visionary route that QPR have played. You've got to take a chance on someone. You can't, like you said, you can't compete signing well-known managers. You've got to go for the project. You've got to go for the the unknown. I mean, we saw, we've seen it work as well. People going for like unknown or foreign managers. Uh, you've seen the likes of Brentford with Thomas Frank. Yeah, yeah we've seen. Um, Huddersfield in recent years with uh, David Wagner. Yeah, Daniel Farker at Norwich. Yeah, there's you know, a man. We've we've seen it happen. Um, so, you know, but hopefully Mickey Bill's the one to take Mickey us, Bill, uh, nice and foreign. He <laughs> he can be where the fuck he wants. He's ours, mate. He's ours. He said in the video, I was talking. He was like, "I'm going out and all," and I was like, "You're a proper English geezer, mate." But yeah, um, mate. you think he wants to uh, move to Wolverhampton? Never, man. Nah, no one wants to move there. But we're. We'll move away. Little championship segment for the man yeah, out the there. First one of the yeah, we'll do more. We'll yeah. do more. Maybe they'll, they'll be in the Premier League segment next year. But um, we'll do the predictions for next week. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back in a second. We'll do those two ticks. Yeah, hopefully there are more goals this weekend. Fucking hope so. Prediction time. Predictions. We've got some good games this week. Some some exciting games. Do you know we did the um, predictions off the cuff while we were live? I got the Palace one right. I said two one. Yeah, it was you did. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to just put more pressure on it, Ros. Yeah, right. I just need to just not think. I think I think too hard. Um, I would put you under the bus straight away. Norwich. Norwich? Oh, I've got <laughs> championship on my mind. Um, Nottingham Forest versus Liverpool kicking us off on Saturday at 12.30. It's an alright game, you know. I, like, Nottingham oh, Fo- Forest just too shit, though. I think they'll get slapped up. But it's like one of those. Liverpool have been dry, but then they can 9-0... Um, Bournemouth they can 7-1 Rangers it's like they could easily win this game 1-0 it's and be or not dry they bring 4th and 5th gear with them on the tr- on the coach there's no middle ground they'll either steamroll them and it'll be 6-0 or it'll be like a 0-0 1-0 and what are you going for? I'm going to go for 6-0 <laughs> go for 6-0 I'm going to go for a 4-0 Liverpool yeah fair I'm going to go 4-0 um, <laughs> following that up we've got Everton versus Crystal Palace decent two game two teams actually, who don't yeah. concede a lot of goals decent game um, yeah and both teams that can't really score goals either um, shouldn't have blown in the mic there uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 ooh no I'm not I'm going to go for a 1-1 yeah I was going to go for I think we're going to go for a 1-0 draw as well yeah I was going to go 1-0 Palace but I think Everton look all right. They haven't been at Goodison for a couple of games, so hopefully they'll be 
a bit like up for it. Yeah, so I won all. Um, next game, Man City versus Brighton. Brighton were not a great performance the other night. They've looked not great under De Zerbi, but they look how good much... against Liverpool though. Yeah, how much is it they don't look good? And how much is it they just don't have a striker that can finish chances? Liverpool are causing me problems because I don't know whether teams are just really good against them or Liverpool yeah. are just really shit. Yeah, yeah. honestly, Liverpool um, so hard. But yeah, I, I think oh, Haaland's going to come out with a vengeance after that um, Liverpool game. Uh, Liverpool game. Yeah. He's obviously at the midweek, so he didn't have to play. Yeah. It's been very nice for them. Could be a Fresh, revitalised Man City team. Uh, I think it might be a... I fancy Brighton to score. I think yeah. I'm going to go for a 3-1 to City. Interesting. I think there's a... Ball. I don't know. I yeah. I do think it's a city win. I'm torn three nil or four nil. Gonna go four nil. You think you're gonna keep Brighton out? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Nice. I think Brighton are just constant lack of final product. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe uh, Mope leaving wasn't uh, the correct decision. To yeah. be fair, you couldn't find a back in the net for them either. So, um, I'll do this one as well because you've done the first two. Chelsea versus United. Probably the best be, game, yeah. I mean, it could be the best game, but it could also be a could also stinker. be a rotten stinker. But United looked all right recently, and they absolutely and we shat on Spurs. We've just spoken about how shit Graham Potter's Chelsea have been. <laughs> Apart yeah. from they need to go to this game and blast the Champions League out anthem as they walk out. Yeah, honestly, just, yeah, get into that mentality. If they do it's that, it'll be twelve nil. And they're like, <laughs> uh, or just have wear AirPods. <laughs> yeah, the whole game. AirPods. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go. I think it might be a tight affair, KG affair. I think KG, yeah. I think I might go for a 1-0 Chelsea. Interesting. I think it's going to have like the storyline of Ronaldo just over it. And it's how the Man United players react. It's like, do they drown out the Ronaldo noise and just bloody gun it? Because they know if they play shit, all, he's going to be, yeah, it's going to be where's the, Ronaldo? Yeah, 100%. So I think that might help them. In the sense of like they don't want that, and so they're gonna give it a bit of oomph. I think it's gonna be a two-two. Two, ooh, yeah, not a board draw. No, I don't know why I said two-two. You know, oh. it just came to me off the cuff, man. Yeah, you've seen the crystal ball. Um, Sunday's fixtures kick it. Why have they got so many games at two o'clock on a Sunday? I hate they, it. They keep doing this. At least Arsenal on TV, but I hate it. This one's gonna get delayed like two hours again. Yeah. Um. Aston Villa versus Brentford, this could be a dry game. I think we just say it because Villa are involved. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd tell you the Villa score, but <coughs> they haven't started yet. Um, I know, I think Villa dry. Brentford they could not so dry. potentially be managerless. I don't know. Would they have sacked him by then? I don't know. I'm going to go for a Brentford win. Yeah, I'm going to join you on that. One I'm going to go for a 2 0 Brentford. 1 0 Brentford for me. Yeah, I think Tony might do a bit of biz. Um, yeah. Leeds versus Fulham could that's be an interesting a, yeah, that's game. That's a good game. Two, two teams, teams you want to play good football. Yeah, two teams that were championship regulars not that long ago. Yeah, not and so now long they're ago. pretty pretty decent runs of forms in the prem. Yeah, um, Sinistera back for this one. Or is he up one more game? Nah, he's back. So yeah, I mean Leeds will be better for that. Mitro's back for Fulham anyway. I mean, I yeah, play, play, I think he's playing tonight. Yeah, he? yeah, he's starting tonight. Um, I think there's goals in this game. I feel a 3-2. Yeah, I was going to say 3-1, but who two? I'm going to go for Leeds. Yeah, same. Yeah, I think he's very impressive against Arsenal. 3-2. Yeah, um, but I think Mitro might pop up. Uh, Southampton, Arsenal, the bloody Gooners. The bloody boys. We're actually playing tonight. I don't know what the score is at the moment, but um, yeah, we've looked really good. Southampton actually have looked shit, but got a decent result. Oh, we're winning 1-0 against PSV. Let's go. Um, 
Yeah, Southampton have looked shit, but they got a decent win against Bournemouth, who were unbeaten in five. And so, and we never, it's never an easy game when we go to St Mary's, but I do reckon we slap them up. I reckon it's a 2 0. Martinelli on the bench tonight, he was concerned over his fitness, but uh, hopefully the fact he's on the bench tonight suggests he's fit enough to start. I do reckon we have them. What did you say? 2 0. 2 0. I think I might go for a 3. 3-0 3-0 to Arsenal. That would be nice. Um, Wolves-Leicester. This could be a dry game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Madison back, though. Yeah. Madison back. Um, no Mickey Bill. On no the Mickey Bill for Wolves. Yeah, clearly that's going to demoralise them. They had their hearts set on him and uh, Mickey Bill stolen it away. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Leicester win. Oh. I like that, you know. Um, I do reckon... Wolves will get a goal though. Leicester's defence just whack. So I'm going to go for a 1-1. A 1-1? Yeah. Um, following that up, the late kickoff on Sunday could be a very interesting game actually. Potentially a bit more... A um, bit more... Yeah, I was going to say evenly balanced than Chelsea, Man United, but potentially not. Um, Spurs versus Newcastle. I'm going to back the bloody tunes, mate. Yeah, you backed them against uh, United. And it was a nil-nil, yeah. Um, yeah, I I think Spurs, unless they get an absolute hairdryer from Conte this week at training, which he probably has, to He's be fair. He's got nice hair, to be fair. Is it, apparently it's a wig. Is it? I've heard rumours it's a wig. Yeah, but you're hearing that from Arsenal. Nah, oh, I'm just, just general yeah. football. Um, <laughs> we'll do that in like the next conspiracy, conspiracy yeah. episode. Yeah. But... Um, that's yeah. a way outside the Spurs ground. He's <laughs> like, catch him in the wind. It's like, oh, wanged off. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 Newcastle. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Spurs. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Yes. To round it up, Monday Night Football. West Ham, who looked good against Liverpool. Yeah. Against Bournemouth, who have done all right under Gary Neal. I always used to bet on West Ham Bournemouth. Because it just used to be a goal fest whenever I watched it. And I think it's going to be a goal fest again. I'm going to go for a 3-1 West Ham. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-1 West Ham. Okay. I think uh, I think Bournemouth have enough about them to get a goal. Yeah. But um, I think Skamaka might do some biz, you know. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Skamaka and Bowen, after that penalty miss, he's going to be fuming. Fuming. That's not good for his uh, England aspirations. Nah, he actually might not get a call up, to be fair. Get me in there instead. Come on. Yeah, anyway. That wraps up our uh, episode 26, man. Come on, Rose going on holiday, baby. Let's go. Yeah, Rose is off on holiday now. um, Yeah, we'll catch you on the flip side after this weekend's fixtures, as always. Sub to all the... Sub to all the things. We've got the TikTok, Instagram, Spotify, Twitter. Five star us on Spotify. You five stars on Spotify, Rose will take you on holiday next time he goes. Yeah. Let's go. I will. If you're listening to us on Spotify, five stars. If you're watching us on YouTube... Hit the like. Do you remember when YouTube used to have five stars? That was a throwback. Have you seen YouTube have done like a kind of design update? Oh, no. So like, oh, it fucked oh, up. Is it the colour of the background of the video like shines around the board? Yeah, and like, up. so thumbnails aren't even like rectangle anymore. They're like rounded circles and or rounded rectangles and the like button when you click it does like a funny jazz thing. It's <laughs> a lot of shit going Check on. Check it out. Click the like button. See what it does. Yeah, honestly. Um, but yeah. Don't test out the dislike button, please. I haven't actually tried the dislike button. I wonder if it does anything. Don't but, try on our video, man. Nah, don't. Um, I hope you enjoyed the live stream as well. That was fun. We'll do yeah, that we'll again do soon. One, we'll do another one in the future. Um, and yeah, we've got um, a collab coming up in November for... Uh, 
pre-World Cup pre-World stuff. Cup yeah we'll be back at the podcast room hopefully so um, yeah look forward to that but yeah any uh, comments let us know well, let us know what you think let, talk to us about Spurs talk to us about Chelsea talk to us about Mickey Beal talk to us about how good QPR are uh, yeah love it love to see it thanks guys for listening it's been Bordraw and it's live let's go